0: Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is, InfraTopology, published by Defractor on April 22, 2022 on the AI Alignment Forum. Attention Conservation Notice, this post has less basic inframeasure theory as a prerequisite and goes pretty heavy on the topology. The basic results are that a whole lot of the fiddly details involved with having inframeasures over non-compact spaces automatically pop out of just trying to make everything continuous, and that some of the old results in LBIT are either wrong or about the wrong topology. Accordingly, this post completely obsoletes the section about topology of inframeasures and less basic inframeasure theory. For the rest of this post, assume X is a Polish space. Basically, a Polish space is a space that has a metric, all Cauchy sequences have limiting points, like R and unlike Q. And there's a countable subset of it. ST every point can be written as a limit of points from the countable subset, Q is the corresponding countable subset of R. Proofs available on request because they're 115 pages and this post was 15 pages. Topologies and convergence notions. The first observation to make is that the type signature of an inframeasure over the space X, or one of the possible type signatures, is CBXR. Where CBX is the space of bounded continuous functions X or you feed a function in, you get an expectation out, simple as that. So, an extremely natural requirement to impose is that an inframeasure should be a continuous function. The topology on R is obvious. The topology on CBX, the space of continuous bounded functions XR, is much less obvious. Another observation is that different notions of function convergence correspond to different topologies on function spaces. You could say that fn converges to f if supx vertical bar fx minus fn limits to 0. This is uniform convergence, the late fn are close to f everywhere, the rate of convergence doesn't depend on anything. Or you could say that fn converges to f if, for all x, vertical bar fx minus fn limits to 0. That's pointwise convergence, for every point, the late fn are close to f at that point. The rate of convergence depends on the point you picked. Or you could say that Fn converges to F if, for all compact sets Cx, we have max C vertical bar Fx minus Fnx, limiting to zero. This is compact convergence. For every compact set, the late Fn are close to F on that compact set. The rate of convergence depends on the compact set you picked. All these different notions of function convergence are linked to different topologies on CBx. The subnorm topology, the weak topology, and the compact open topology, respectively, for uniform convergence, pointwise convergence, and compact convergence. So, what notion of convergence seems to naturally show up in a lot of proofs? Does it seem like we're using uniform convergence, pointwise convergence, or something like that? No. The notion of convergence that has showed up basically every single time while grinding through the inframeasure theory has been the following notion of convergence. Definition 1 strict convergence a sequence of bounded continuous functions fn strictly converges to f if, for all compact sets cx, lim max c vertical bar fnx minus fx vertical bar equals zero, and sup px x vertical bar fnx. So, basically, strict convergence is uniform convergence on compact sets, along with the entire function sequence having some uniform upper and lower bounds. What's the motivation for this? Well, there's a few ways to do it, but here's a nice one let's say we want a val cbx times delta x r to be a sequentially continuous function. E, if the sequence of probability distributions micronewton converges to mu, and fn converges to f, the expectation of fn WRTN should converge to the expectation of fwrt mu lim micronewton fn equals mu, f, this requires two questions. First, what does it mean for micronewton to converge to mu, and what does it mean to say that fn converges to f? Well, The notion of convergence on delta x is known. It's weak convergence. That's the sort of convergence we've been using this whole time. N converges to mu if, for all continuous functions f, n f limits to mu f. So then the question is, in what sense does f n have to converge to f in order to make a val sequentially continuous? And the answer is strict convergence. Exactly. Strict convergence means that a val becomes sequentially continuous. And if f n does not strictly converge to f then it's always possible to craft a convergent sequence of measures micronewton that makes lim micronewton fn equals mu f fail. But remember, every notion of convergence corresponds to some natural topology. So if uniform convergence corresponds to the subnorm topology and pointwise convergence corresponds to the weak topology and compact convergence corresponds to the compact open topology, what does strict convergence correspond to? Well, It corresponds to the strict topology on CBX, which is a topology you've almost certainly never heard of. It's a pretty obscure choice. The maximally concise description of it is that it's the finest locally convex topology on CBX that matches the compact open topology on all norm bounded subsets of CBX. Or, putting it a bit more intuitively, it's a nice enough topology to get basic stuff like the Hahn Banach theorem working, and it locally looks like the compact open topology, but if you zoom out to a global scale, it has more open sets. Proposition 1, a sequence Fn converges to F in the strict topology of supn, xx vertical bar Fnx and Fn uniformly converges to F on all compact subsets. Good, we got the right topology. The massive problem we have to deal with now is that CBX equipped with the strict topology is a pretty badly behaved space, topologically speaking. I mean, it's still Hausdorff, and more, that's a nice thing going for it. The bigger problem is that it's such a big space that it's not even first countable. Even worse than that, I don't even think it's a sequential space. E. Take a set and add in all the limit points of sequences made from inside that set. Might not be the same thing as topological closure. It even seems like it's possible to have functions psi, cbx, are that look continuous. In the if fn strictly converges to f, then psi, fn converges to psi, f. Sense, but that actually aren't continuous. And I don't even know any of this for sure because it's a pretty hard sort of topology to prove things of. However through entirely too much scouring of obscure functional analysis papers from the 80s, I was eventually able to prove. Proposition 2. A set is sequentially compact in the strict topology if it's compact in the strict topology. So, we at least have every open cover has a finite subcover matching up with every sequence has a convergent subsequence. It's rather surprising for this result to hold when our space isn't even first countable, and closure and sequential closure might split apart, but it's quite handy because it lets us speak of just compact sets of functions without disambiguating further. Scott and anti-Scott. Now, we'll cover something else, the Scott topology on CBX. It's relevant because domain theory, the field of math that analyzes what sort of topological spaces Haskell types are, really 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 likes the Scott topology. And there are unexpectedly many connections between inframeasures and domain theory, so it's worthwhile to have some basic familiarity with it. Here's how the Scott topology is defined. Given a poset P, a subset D-P is upwards directed if, for any two points X, Y-D, there's a third point z, D, S, T, z greater than or equal and Z greater than or equal toy. Similarly, D is downwards directed if, for any two points X, Y-D, there's a third point in the directed set that's below the first two points. Definition 2. Scott open a set O is open in the Scott topology if. 1. It's closed upwards X greater than or equal toy, and Y-O implies X-O. 2. It's inaccessible from below with upwards-directed sets. If there's an upwards-directed set D where D, the supremum of D, exists, and D O, then D O does not equal. Closed upwards is pretty intuitive. For that second condition, it's just like the fact that, if you've got a sequence of numbers in R that keep getting higher and higher, R 0 less than or equal to R 1 less than or equal to R 2 less than or equal to R 3, and supern greater than X, then 1 of the R N in your chain must also be greater than X. In fact, sets of the form, x comma, are precisely the Scott Open subsets of other closed upwards, and any chain with a supremum that lands in that set must have an element of the chain land in the set already. Just generalize further, chains are a special case of directed sets. If the supremum lands in a Scott Open, one of the points building up to the supremum must land in the Scott Open too. And conversely, the supremum of a directed set of points from outside of a Scott Open also can't land in the Scott Open either. And that's the Scott topology. It's the topology of building stuff up from below and has shown up more than I expected at first, but the situation seems pretty symmetric with functions. Could we make a topology that goes the other way? Well, I don't know the official name for it. So I'll make one up. The anti-Scott topology. Definition three, anti-Scott open a set. O is open in the anti-Scott topology. If one, it's closed downwards X less than or equal to Y and Y O implies X O two, it's inaccessible from above with downward directed sets. If there's a downwards directed set D where D, the infinimum of D, exists, and D O, then D O does not equal. It's basically the same thing, but with the direction flipped. Scott opens are closed upwards, anti-scott opens are closed downwards. Upwards directed sets with a supremum and a scott open must intersect the scott open. Downwards directed sets with an infinimum and an anti-scott open must intersect the anti-scott open. This may seem like idle goofing around, but there's an unexpected connection to be made here. Theorem 1, the strict topology on CBX is the topology generated by the Scott topology and the anti-Scott topology. E, if you made a topology that was like let's make a topology where all the Scott open sets are open, and all the anti-Scott open sets are open, just close under finite intersections and arbitrary unions. Ha! That's the strict topology exactly. The simplest way to visualize what's going on with this is that the Scott open subsets of R are the sets of the form, x, comma, and the anti-Scott open subsets of R are the sets of the form, minus comma, y. and if you went okay, let's say both of these families of sets are open, then you'd end up saying that all the open intervals x, y are open, and bam, you'd get the usual topology on R that way. The interesting part is that it feels like this is the tip of a much more general result. It holds for function spaces, The appropriate topology on them to be using is generated by the Scott and anti Scott topologies. It holds for R, the appropriate topology on it is generated by the Scott and anti Scott topologies. But this sort of pattern even shows up in weirder places. As it turns out, the canonical topology on inframeasures is, you guessed it, generated by the Scott and anti Scott topologies. And even with, like, Kx, the space of compact subsets of X, the topology on it, the Viatoris topology, is generated by an upper and lower topology that look an awful lot like Scott and anti-Scott. Repairing LF duality. Part of why Theorem One is nifty is that going back to our old desiderata of inframeasures measures psi, cbx, or should be continuous. This result, along with some more work, means that we can split the statement psi is continuous into psi is Scott continuous, e, continuous when cbx and are both have the Scott topology, and psi is anti-Scott continuous, e, continuous when cbx and R both have the anti-Scott topology and both of these fragments of continuity are saying somewhat different things. To motivate some of why it's interesting that continuity splits up this way, let's reiterate the basic four properties of an inframeasure psi, cbx or these aren't all of them, just the easiest ones to check. 1. Concavity psi, pf plus 1 minus pg, greater than or equal top psi, f plus 1 minus p, psi, g. 2. Monotonicity f greater than or equal tog implies psi, f, greater than or equal to psi, g. 3, 0 increasing psi, 0, greater than or equal to 0. 4, 1 Lipschitzness, psi, f, minus psi, g, less than or equal to soup's x vertical bar fx minus gx vertical bar. And now we can get something pretty interesting. If your space is n, then the function lambda f dot limit fn fn of type cbn are fulfills all four of these properties. And then you can go. Okay, by lf duality, this functional must correspond to minimizing over some set of a measures. Let's work that out. The set of a measures is. Oh crap, something went very wrong somewhere. As it turns out, when I proved LF duality, the theorem about the ability to toggle back and forth between a view where an inframeasure is a concave function fulfilling certain properties, and the view where an inframeasure is a set of a measures, I was kind of sloppy with it. I didn’t realize that CBX had to be equipped with a strict topology. At the time, I hadn't even heard of the strict topology at all so I was using the wrong topology. And that broke the proof, the fundamental theorem of inframeasures. The key thing that went wrong is that applying the hahn banach separation theorem requires that you verify that some sets are open, or closed, or compact, or whatever. But since we should be using the strict topology instead of one of the more obvious topologies, I had to be verifying open-closed-slash-compact in the strict topology, which is quite the ordeal. Don't worry, it got fixed. As it turns out, the missing piece was anti-Scott continuity. Theorem 2, LF duality, a concave monotone 0 increasing 1 Lipschitz functional psi, CBXR has a representation as a set of a measures if it's anti-Scott continuous. And sure enough, when we check our lambda f dot limit fn fn example that fulfills the other four conditions, it fails to be anti-Scott continuous. You can have fn be 0 for the numbers 0 through n, and 1 everywhere else. This is a descending chain of functions with the constant zero function as its inf. And yet, all the fn are assigned a value of 1, while the constant zero function is assigned a value of 0, breaking anti-Scott continuity. Characterizing continuity. And what about Scott continuity? That 1 seems pretty important. Remember that in inframeasures and domain theory, Scott continuity was part of the definition of an inframeasure. Well while anti-Scott continuity is intuitively saying you can represent your functional as a set of a measures at all, Scott continuity is intuitively saying the set of a measures your function is represented as is a small set, in the sense of being almost compact. For the next theorem, some explanation. The epsilon, b cast property of an inframeasure psi, cbxr is, for all epsilon, b greater than zero, there is a compact set c-epsilon, bxst, for any two functions f, G with b greater than or equal to o sub x, x vertical bar f x and same for g that agree on the set c epsilon b we have psi f minus psi g less than or equal to epsilon or as an equation epsilon b greater than zero colon c b epsilon k x f g max f g less than or equal to b max c b epsilon vertical bar f x minus g x vertical bar equals zero vertical bar psi f minus psi, g, less than or equal to epsilon pretty much, this is saying that only compact sets are relevant to assessing expectations of functions, in a certain precise sense. Namely, that for any tolerance and norm bound you want, you can find a compact set where the expectation value assigned to a function fitting the norm bound is almost entirely determined by how the function behaves on the compact set. Changing the function behavior outside the compact set has little effect. CAS stands for Compact Almost Support. A strengthened version of this, which didn't have the dependence on B, I didn't know I needed it at the time, it would have looked like an unmotivated hack, was one of our inframeasure conditions in less basic inframeasure theory. It seems rather complex, but it's the generalization of the analogous fact for probability distributions where there are compact sets containing arbitrarily much of the measure. Except in this case, you've also got to throw in some overall function bounds, and the analog of low measure outside the set is functions acting differently outside the set has a small effect on expectations next thing of note sequential strict continuity of a function psi cbx are as if fn strictly converges to f then psi fn converges to psi f strict continuity a harder condition to fulfill is the full the preimage of an open set in r is open in cbx equipped with the strict topology definition of continuity and one last note for an inframeasure psi psi is the corresponding set of a measures psi min is the set of minimal points in psi and precompact is if you took the closure of the set it would be a compact set oh also remember by the last theorem representability e corresponds to minimizing over a set of a measures is the same thing as anti scott continuity now we're ready theorem 3 cc theorem the following five properties are equivalent for a function psi cbx or which is monotone concave one lipschitz and zero increasing one the epsilon b cast property Two, representability and Scott continuity. Three, strict continuity. Four, representability and sequential strict continuity. Five, representability and for all b asterisk, Simon M. b vertical bar b less than or equal to b asterisk is precompact in the weak topology on measures. CC stands for continuity compactness here. The continuity compactness theorem. So, just going the function psi. CBX or should be continuous ends up being equivalent to the super complicated condition about compact sets that we made up when going to polish spaces. And it also splits into two sorts of continuity, anti Scott and Scott, where anti Scott lets you represent the function as a set of A measures at all, and Scott ensures that the set is small, in the sense that if you chopped off your set of A measures past any given B value, the essential minimal A measures would basically be a compact set. So, all the weird extra conditions, like Scott continuity, and he compact set property, and looking compact when the set of a measures is cut off below any particular bound, are all equivalent to flow out of mere continuity. Quick little note. CBXR isn't the only possible type signature for inframeasures, another option is CX, 0,1, 0,1, where all the functions and expectation values are bounded in, 0,1. All the other theorems still work, including the representable if anti-Scott 1, but for the five-way equivalents, some of the equivalences end up breaking. Conditions 2 and 3 are still equivalent in the, 0,1, case, though. Okay, so we got the topology on the space of continuous functions sorted out, and showed that when you do that it lets you repair the previously broken fundamental theorem of inframeasures, LF duality, and characterized all the fiddly extra conditions you have to add when you go to non-compact spaces as just its continuous, lol. And so, we can define an inframeasure on a Polish space X, This obsoletes the definition from less basic inframeasure theory. Definition 4. Inframeasure of function psi, cbx minus comma, or cx, 0 comma 1, 0 comma 1, is an inframeasure if it fulfills. 1. Concavity psi, pf plus 1 minus pg, greater than or equal top psi, f plus 1 minus p, psi, g. 2. Monotonicity f greater than or equal tog implies psi, f, greater than or equal to psi, g. 3. 0 increasing psi, 0, greater than or equal to 0. 4. 1 Lipschitzness, psi, f, minus psi, g, less than or equal to soup's x vertical bar fx minus gx vertical bar. 5. Continuity when cbx, or cx, 0, 0,1, has the strict topology. An important thing to note here is that we're adding in one extra inframeasure via these conditions. It's, the inframeasure that maps every function to. By LF duality, it corresponds to the empty set. It actually ends up making things a bit nicer. It basically acts as a point at infinity and makes it so intersection of inframeasures is always defined. The I topology. What topology should the space of inframeasures have? Well, we've got a few options. The first option is that inframeasures have an ordering, so we could try Scott plus anti-Scott. The second option is that, since the type signature is CBX minus comma, that's a function space. Function spaces are usually equipped with the compact open topology, so we could go with that one. The compact open topology is the topology generated by declaring the following family of sets to all be open. Psi, psi, ψ, ko, where k is a, strictly compact subset of cbx, and o is an open subset of, minus comma. The third option is coming up with some sort of nice metric. Previously, in less basic inframeasure theory, we proposed the metric. D psi, phi, equals sub vertical bar psi, f, minus phi, f vertical bar max 1, li f, f where li f is the Lipschitz constant of f, assumed to be infinite if f isn't Lipschitz, and f is the norm of f, e sup sex vertical bar f x vertical bar. Basically, this metric says that two inframeasures are close if they agree pretty well on all the functions with low Lipschitz constant and low norm. This is a generalization of the kr distance metric on probability distributions, and is equivalent to Hausdorff distance between the corresponding sets of a measures for the two inframeasures. As it turns out, this isn't quite the right metric. The right metric is psi phi, equals subvertical bar psi, f, minus phi, f vertical bar max 1, li f, f2 which we'll call the ikr metric. The squared isn't too important, the important part is that it be a power greater than 1. Pretty much, it's the same as our last stab at defining a metric, except it's more aggressive at discounting functions with a high norm. This is a decent distance metric in all respects, except it doesn't deal too well with the inframeasure at infinity. Accordingly, the IKR topology is defined as the topology generated by all the open balls induced by the IKR metric, and also by the sets of the form. Psi, Psi, 0 greater than n, for nn these are the neighborhoods of infinity. Proposition 3 the compact open topology on the space of inframeasures and the IKR topology on the space of inframeasures are identical. Hmm. That's a sign we're on the right track. It means that equipping the space of inframeasures with the obvious topology, compact open, makes the same thing as trying to generalize the distance metric on probability distributions to the case of inframeasures. They're close if they nearly agree on low Lipschitz constant functions of low norm, and tweaking it a little bit. From now on, we'll call this the I topology. The inf topology, the appropriate topology to equip the space of inframeasures with. If you're wondering whatever happened to the Scott plus anti-Scott idea, I didn't bother proving it, but I'm greater than 95% sure it's true because I worked out what the Scott topology on inframeasures looks like, and it's half of the I topology in a sense that looks identical to how the Scott topology on functions look like half of the strict topology. And now, we'll come to one of our major centerpiece theorems. Four very different characterizations of when inframeasures converge. The first possibility is that you could say that psi n limits to psi f, for all strictly convergent sequences of functions fn, we have lim psi n fn equals psi f. Basically, inframeasures converge however they need to to make a val colon x times cbx or a sequentially continuous function. The second possibility is that you could say that psi n limits to psi f, for all compact sets of functions f, psi n uniformly limits to psi on f this is basically replicating our functions must uniformly converge on compact sets thing. But for inframeasures instead of functions, the third possibility is that you could say that psi n limits to psi if psi n limits to psi in the compact open topology, e the i topology, and the fourth possibility is psi n limits to psi if it does so in IKr distance. So there's a sequential continuity- based way of describing convergence, a uniform convergence on compact sets way of describing convergence, a converge in the obvious topology way of describing convergence, and a metric-based way of describing convergence modulo some fiddly complications with what it means to converge to, the all-infinity inframeasure, we get that they're all the same. Theorem 4. The convergence theorem The following four characterizations of inframeasure convergence are identical. 1. For all sequences fn that strictly limit to f, psi n fn limits to psi, f. 2 colon for all compact sets f, in the strict topology on CBx, psi n uniformly limits to psi on f, if psi is the all-infinity function inf f n f limiting to infinity will be taken as uniform convergence to infinity. 3, n limits to psi in the compact open topology. 4, n limits to psi in the IKR metric, or psi equals in psi n 0 limits 2. So, all these different notions of convergence are all the same, this is pointing to us having figured out the correct thing. Oh, and this theorem works equally well in the 0, 0,1 type signature case a big goal is to show that if X is a Polish space, then X is a Polish space too. E, spaces of inframeasures are about as nice as the space they're defined over. And, theorem 5, the space of our inframeasures equipped with the i topology is a Polish space. Stuff goes wonky with the, 0,1 type signature case, I'm not sure whether or not the space of, 0,1 inframeasures is still Polish. I mean, the convergence theorem still holds, but the argument that the limit of a Cauchy sequence of inframeasures is an inframeasure relies on some arguments I can't pull off in the 0, 0,1 case. We might ask if there's some nice properties we can impose to prove Polishness in the 0, 0,1 case, and it turns out there is. It's one of our most common nice properties, cohomogeneity. Proposition 4, the space of cohomogeneous, 0, 0,1, inframeasures equipped with the topology is a Polish space. But all of this is somewhat complicated we might hope that when X is compact, things get a bit nicer. And it turns out, yes, that works. Proposition 5. If X is a compact Polish space, then the space of our inframeasures and the space of 0, 0,1 inframeasures are both compact Polish spaces. Our next order of business is characterizing when a set of inframeasures is compact in the i topology. One tricky part is that inframeasures can run off to infinity, and we've got that extra point at infinity, to deal with. So our first order of business is reducing the question of checking compactness to a slightly easier problem. Proposition 6: a set of inframeasures p is compact in the i topology if for all B, P psi, psi, 0, less than or equal to b, is compact in the i topology. So now we just need to characterize compactness for bounded sets. Sadly, this proof only works for the R-type signature, as far as I can tell. Theorem 6: the infra Prokhorov theorem of psi, zero bounded set of our inframeasures xi is compact in the i topology if it is closed and for all b epsilon there is a compact set cb epsilon which is a epsilon b almost support for all size i. the basic idea is that if you refer back to our description of the epsilon b cast property it was that there were compact sets that accounted for most of what the expectation values of a function were as long as the bounds weren't too high in this case, compactness matches up with the property of the same compact sets working as compact almost supports for all the inframeasures at once. This is basically the generalization of Prokhorov's theorem to the inframeasure case. The shared epsilon, b cast property is precisely this property, of there being compact sets where all of a batch of inframeasures agree that the behavior of a function, with given bounds, on that compact set accounts for most of what the expectation value of the function is. And a set of inframeasures will be said to be bounded if sub size i 0 less than. Now, referring back to less basic inframeasure theory, condition 3 of definition 13, there was a condition there about when an infrakernel is nicely behaved. As it turns out, with our little modification, it turns out that the nice behavior property of an infrakernel is just equivalent to continuity. Proposition 7 the following properties are equivalent for a function kxy, whereas the r-inframeasures: 1. k is continuous and bounded when y is equipped with the id topology. 2 k is bounded, and for all f, if xn limits to x, then kxn f limits to kxf. And, for all compact sets cx, then the family of inframeasures kc has the shared epsilon, bcas property. So we've characterized the space of infradistributions pretty well. We've got two different characterizations of the topology, four different characterizations of when inframeasures converge to each other, it's a nicely behaved, e, polish, space, it's compact when x is compact, and we know what the compact sets in it look like, and the conditions for an infracranal to be well-behaved are literally just be bounded and continuous. The Scott topology, again. So now it's time to switch gears. There's one other notable topology on the space of inframeasures, the Scott topology. Remember, there are lots of domain theory connections to be found, and inframeasures have an ordering, so we can define the Scott topology in the usual way, as upwards closed sets inaccessible from below by directed suprema. Also note that the ordering on the Scott topology is reversed. Big sets low scoring inframeasures go on the bottom. Small sets high scoring Inrameasures measures go on the top. Yes, that means that is the highest inframeasure under the usual domain theory ordering. Hopefully that isn't too much of an issue. This is a rather abstract topology, but spurred by our result that the strict topology on functions was made by combining the Scott and anti-Scott topologies on functions. We may hope that the the Scott topology on inframeasures ends up looking like one half of the i topology in a certain precise sense. And lo and behold, this is the case. Remember how the compact open topology I topology on inframeasures was made by declaring the sets psi, psi, ko, to be open, for compact sets of functions and open sets of numbers? Well, what if we swapped the open sets of numbers for Scott open sets of numbers? Proposition 8, the Scott topology on the space of inframeasures X is the compact open topology, but with Scott open subsets of R. Cool. The Scott topology is like one half of the I topology, in the sense that we're swapping out the open sets for the compact open base with Scott open sets. We may hope to go even further, to find a Scott version of the IKR metric. This will be tricky to do, however, because the Scott topology is a T0 topology, it's not even Hausdorff. So we can't use any old metric. We've got to use a pseudoquasymmetric. Basically, it's like a metric, but the distance between distinct points can be zero, and distance can also be asymmetric but the triangle inequality still holds. Proposition 9, the Scott topology has a base given by, phi vertical bar ds phi, psi less than epsilon, for arbitrary choices of psi, epsilon ds is the Scott pseudoquasymmetric, defined by ds phi, psi, equals max max psi, f, minus phi, f, 0 max 1, li f, f2. And just like the Scott topology is one half of the i topology, this is one half of the ikr metric. The IKR metric asked if we scale things down by the Lipschitz and norm term in the bottom. What's the maximum difference between psi and phi? And this is asking if we scale things down by the Lipschitz and norm term in the bottom. What's the maximum amount by which phi undershoots psi? And there's one last little thing to clean up. We've previously used a somewhat broader definition of infrakernels where they were lower semi-continuous. E limit f n k x n f greater than or equal to x f. It seemed to just show up naturally from the math and the concept has been used a few times since them. As it turns out, there's a lot of equivalence to this condition. Scott continuity, lower semi-continuity, and k having closed graph all match up. Theorem 8, the following properties are equivalent for a function k x y, whereas the r inframeasures. 1. k is continuous when y is equipped with the Scott topology. 2. If x n limits to x, then dsKXn, Kx, limits to 0. 3. If x n limits to x and f n limits to f, then limit Fn, k XN FN greater than or equal to x f. 4. If x n limits to x then for all f, limit f n k x n f greater than or equal to x f, and for all compact sets c and b asterisk, k c psi, psi, 0, less than or equal to b asterisk, fulfills the shared epsilon, b cast property. 5. The shared epsilon, b cast property is fulfilled on k c psi, psi, 0, less than or equal to b asterisk, for all compact sets c and bounds b asterisk, and the graph of k as a function x ma y is closed. And that's about it. The topology side of things has been conclusively sorted out. Thanks for listening. To help us out with the nonlinear library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.